Hi, everybody. Welcome to my best friend's wife's podcast. My name is Cliff, and I am joined here today by my always lovely guest. Uh, the best friend's wife. My name is Chris. Exactly. And that's all she is. We're not friends. <laughs> we, we don't even particularly like each other. It's just that she's married to my best friend, so we're doing a podcast. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> Fucking right. So anyway, uh, we were talking about this earlier, an event that happened today that I, I feel is worth uh, going back to as I still find it funny. You two blew a tire out. Oh my God. Yep. Sure did. So, so run me through uh, the course of events on that and what all happened there. And we'll, we'll discuss why that's such a tragedy afterwards. <laughs> so uh, my husband and I were looking for short-term leases as we're trying to sell our house. And the way the market is, it's going to take longer to buy one than it is to sell it. Sure. And so we're on our way home and we're driving and they're getting ready to set up like a, a road blockage so that they can do a little bit more construction and they hadn't done it yet so like we're driving and the turn that we need is about to be blocked off and i was like no it's still open just turn there turn there and of course the way my husband is he's like no i'll just go ahead and go down the next street <laughs> literally five feet later we hit something and i go what was that and then you just hear this <laughs> and and so i was like roll down the window he rolls down the window it is a flat tire so i was like turn onto the next street just just stop just stop stop driving on it just go next street so we park and it is indeed like completely flat like it's not a slow flat it's just completely flat. did you like uh, so did you feel it at all like was it like an instantaneous like boom no it just, it a, just uh... like you just you could hear whatever went into the tire. You could hear, like, it happened. It sounded like a pop, almost. Okay. But, like, not like not like a pop, like a balloon. But, like... Oh, that was way too soft for a balloon. No, it's <laughs> way more frightening than that. My mouth doesn't work good enough. Okay, well, don't... Boys, listen. <laughs> Her Have husband you... can testify it does oh, wait, work well Wait, do enough. you do the finger thing? I can't do that. I can do the water droplets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you really, it was it was like a slight pop, basically. Yeah. And yeah. it just, it sounded like something went into the tire. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when you stick a stick through a balloon kind of thing. That's, <laughs> you're, you, like, your metaphors for things are so off. <laughs> A stick through a balloon. You're welcome. An aggressive jab compared to like some small thing poking. It was aggressive. It just like completely blew tire. And so uh, I, I drive a Fiat. Yeah. And the wheel is under the car. And right. I had to Google that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's so small. Where would they fit it otherwise? Um, In the trunk like every other car. But like your trunk could fit three midgets max right and that's barely equivalent to a tire <laughs> i'm not trying to be insensitive. i'm not Maybe trying to three. be insensitive I, as little people i don't like to think of people as little people so i'm going to call them midgets but like your trunk's so tiny yeah that whole the, anybody that knows a fiat they know that's tiny oh yeah but yeah so it was under the car yep and so it was just a disaster and 
the reason this is funny is because this year alone, my husband has probably been driving and had about four or five flat tires. And in the last two years, this will have been the eighth. And he just has terrible luck. <laughs> He's just, he does have the worst fucking luck in the world for that. But I had to rub it in just a little bit and do that. I told you you should have turned there. No, you, and you have to. I mean, that's a requirement in any relationship, especially a marriage. I mean, you just have to get that jab. That poor man, he was so defeated. Oh, I know. We get home, like, and he's just like, I need a minute. Well, no, like, you guys got back. So they got back. First off, I had a cold cheeseburger, which also had onions. I didn't ask for onions. Oh, what How a dare bitch. You? I'm sure you guys didn't say onions. Nope. Um, but it, they fucking put onions on it. Whatever. So we had cold cheeseburgers to look forward to because it was like an hour. Yeah. Because uh, I was over here setting up everything, getting our mics ready and shit for the podcast, which I could hardly do because I couldn't even log into our account on, yeah. <laughs> on the audio software and I didn't know where the tape was for the, uh, the foam and stuff. So I'm crashed out having a nap with the do- with Z barking downstairs incessantly. I didn't know what to do with him, so I'm just like I'm just going to leave him to his business. Yeah. Renoa scampering at the gate. Like, oh, pay attention to me after I let her outside. We'll get to her in a moment, by the way, cuz that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Patch rejecting me wholeheartedly. I yeah. I lie down on the so I lie down on the couch. Patch generally is a good snuggler. But if you do not pet him, when he initiates, like when he comes to your area, if you do not give him some acknowledgement of some kind, he bails. You do not deserve his snuggle. Exactly. So I was laying on the couch with a cozy blanket. I was like, Patch will be all for this. This dog's going to love it. He's going to have a great time. We're going to nap. We're going to be nice and cozy. I have my phone on vibrate in case you guys called. It's going to be great. Motherfucker jumps on the couch. Lays under my arm for one second and then leaves, lies in his bed, and just gives me that look. Like, you screwed up. And I, and I knew I had. How dare you not pet my chest? <laughs> exactly. Like, your pets have so many different personalities, it's impossible to keep up with. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they get back, and I'm, 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 I'm waking up from my little schnooze, and Pat looks so distraught. And God bless him, the guy can go through any nightmarish hell, and he can still put on a good face. I mean, you can tell he's kind of, like, not upbeat, but, like, love that man for just being, like, that was hell. Anyway, Cliff, how you doing, buddy? (laughs) Yeah, he just always has to take a minute. Because he's like, I'm soaking wet. (laughs) And he was. Like, he was wearing a sweater. But he sat there in his sopping wet clothes and ate his cold burger. Isn't that like the saddest scene you could set? <laughs> like for a downtrodden character, that's the saddest scene. It only would have been sadder set. if he pulled out the cold burger and ate it in the rain. While crying. While while like my boss is helping me with my tire. Because I'm an idiot and don't carry a jack or tools in my car. Well, you you had a jack in your car, right? No, no. Wait, what did you do to? I I we were right around the corner from my work, and so I just oh, called your my boss. boss. Did that. I didn't. You didn't tell me that part. So yeah, that's a great scene. He's crying <laughs> in the rain, eating a cold burger, getting sopping wet, and then the song comes on. Turn around every now and then. I get a little bit lonely, and you're never coming around. <laughs> 
So there's a setting for you. There's a oh, scene. No. <laughs> it just turns to black and white. It does. Like somehow Ariel in the camera slowly zooming and panning in on him. Yes. And it's like a side shot where you can't see the full front of his face, just like the outline of his nose hanging out of the hoodie. And like the just eating the burger shivering. And it goes in kind of like slow motion too. And like the ambience of you talking to your boss in the background fades and the music comes in louder as it's zooming. <laughs> I'm sorry, is this a music video? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I mean, it, it fits perfectly for the scenario, but yeah, what a train wreck. And so, yeah, that's how our that's how our day started out today. We we're expecting to be like far more productive than we have been granted oh, yeah we uh, you know it's 6 30 now and this time well and i took a mental health day just because you did i i didn't want to um work and so i was like i need to go home yeah but then you had to end up dealing with me trying to struggle and dying inside <laughs> so when we started uh that we had a latency issue with our audio which is when you say something and then you don't hear it directly in your headphones while you're recording until like a second later and i was i've always becoming a broken man (laughs) and you saw that (laughs) one moment away from breaking something like i don't know what you i I can't imagine what you saw in my face but i feel like you could probably tell i was i think i just saw a scene in the rain where you're eating a cold cheeseburger (laughs) (laughs) but worse Because it's my, uh, it's, uh, it's just, oh. It's it not was, sprinkling, it's pouring though. It was agony, and I won't get into the full details of why, but like no matter what I looked up, no matter how I Googled it, because I tried every other way, I could not get a direct answer. And then Chris, the angel she is, the angel and patron saint of patience that she is, I'm, like almost immediately after, or probably like 15 minutes of starting on your end, finds a solution. And I was so happy I wanted to cry. <laughs> I was just like... Professional YouTube searcher. I was like, my agony... <laughs> my agony is finally over. And what's funny was I watched that video of that guy. And I tried to do what he said, but like I wasn't processing it right. You found the same video I did. You were just... You just big-brained me. <laughs> That's okay. No, it's great. You'd been working on it for a little bit. You just needed some fresh eyes and fresh ears. I did because I, at that point, like, I had been scrolling through so many monotonous articles. And it, I, I couldn't even get, gather the energy to process what I was reading anymore. And, none, and all of them were leading nowhere. So now here we are. Uh, fantastic. No latency. And it's all thanks to you, and I very much appreciate that. Thank you, thank but you. I was a broken ass man for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "What the fuck am I doing?" It's part of the process. You needed to break for this to happen. <laughs> you know, and so just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the blood, sweat, and tears we put into my wife's, my best friend's wife's podcast. <laughs> that name's gonna trip me up so much. But I love it. <laughs> oh man! Oh my goodness gracious! But yeah, so that was utter agony. Absolutely utter agony. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh have you have you been doing any other drawings lately? I have. Um well, okay, I guess I say I shouldn't have. Well, okay, I've been doing minor sketches. Minor okay. sketches. I mean, I started the new job. Uh I've been like focusing really hard on getting all this up and running. 
so I'm still drawing, but I, I've gotten I've I've gone way behind. And like so I have that artist friend of mine that I told you about. Yeah. Um, Eric. Fantastic artist. I've you've seen his stuff. He's amazing. Um He's always sending me his work and stuff and it's like the most incredible pieces you could ever imagine that just kind of and in a way it pisses me off i'm just like falling further behind <laughs> all the fucking time and like because he's so good he's so good and it makes me feel awful um but yeah so i i need to i need to start putting in that daily work again and uh, eventually hopefully on this podcast we'll get to the point where we'll have video incorporated we can do like some live drawings together and stuff like that because yeah, that sounds great you guys would not believe how fucked up and morbid our minds are apparently because every <laughs> time we try to do a shared drawing it turns into this horrid perverted monstrosity that yes. i can't even begin to describe so to further explain what we do is like one of us will start off by drawing a shape and then we pass it to the other person and they have to draw a shape. And then you just keep switching it back and forth until it becomes something. Cliff always has to personify everything. <laughs> like Megan characters. And so, <laughs> so it always has to have eyes, a mouth, possibly a nose. But Wait, now that's on you. This you last, gave, you this gave Slimo one. Jones like the biggest Jewish nose I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That was on you. <laughs> Slimer Jones is the best one so far in my eyes. So what was he? He was, uh, he started as a teenager going to school, right? He yeah. Had a backpack. Yeah. He was going to slime college, slime school, slime high, whatever, living life. And the next thing I know, she turns around. She's giving him a, sh- a big ass schnoz. A receding hairline. A receding hairline. That was the best. That's one. beyond receding, really. Like he's bald. <laughs> it gave him like the um, the Simpson haircut, where it's just like the little zigzag. Like yeah, the Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, cut. yeah, yeah. You did my man dirty. Is what you did. <laughs> you met Spreening or whatever the fuck just named him really hard. His nose, was, like, I I took it and I was like, all right, like. A Jewish nose mixed with like a witch's nose. <laughs> they had a baby and it ended up on Slimo <laughs> Jones's face. <laughs> and then <laughs> he had like this. He had like piercings and gauges and stuff yes. too. <laughs> we had his dentures on the ground in front of him, and he's like reaching out longingly with these hands, like Please, Brittany, I swear I'm not an old man. Love me for who I am. I'm in high school. I'm young like you. I feel like that's probably insensitive the way I just did that, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to just do an old man voice, but like after I said a Jewish nose, I had to just like, oh, love me. Fivel, why must you go west? That's Um, okay. I think that our listeners will soon find out that if you're a little sensitive... (laughs) Yeah, they'll really appreciate the anti-Semitic, the the, the friendly anti-Semitic undertones. <laughs> friendly and anti-Semitic. Hey, hey, let's put it this way: the guy that created some of the most lovely cartoon characters in the world, Walt Disney, was a massive anti-Semite. Not saying we are, no affiliation, but he made some wonderful, lively characters that we all love to this day, and we just sort of be like, well, he was an anti-Semite, but Mickey Mouse is pretty cool. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. 
Mickey Mouse is pretty oh, cool. Man. Oh, and that's something I wanted to I wanted to talk about for a minute. Not Mickey Mouse. Okay. Foot fetishes. Right? Oh, we're just diving in. No, and I, I, I know you're probably wondering where is this going. Yeah. Right? Sure am. So have you ever seen the uh, extremely goofy movie? Are you gonna judge me if I say no? No, not at all. Okay, I have not. Um so and and this is a whole conversation we're about to have on this because Hollywood and foot fetishes are ridiculous. Um anyway, in that movie, there's a scene where uh Max Goof and Goofy take their shoes off at the pond and you can see their big old feet and toes wiggling around, dipping in the in the pond, and a fish sucks on like Goofy's toes. Oh, okay. And every time I see that I go, That animator was into that. <laughs> like there's not a doubt in my mind that they did that that there wasn't some sort of kink they I had. would have never thought to draw that at all. I, I it's it's pointless, really. It's a pointless scene. Like, okay, so I think at that point in the movie they're like, you know, Goofy's been an embarrassment. I want to talk to my son. Let's go to the docks and let it be this dramatic thing where we're talking, but they take their shoes off, and all of a sudden you have the little fish sucking on Goofy's toes. I mean, does it matter that it was a father and son, though? Well, yeah, obviously. Well, are you saying that's part of the kink? I don't know. That could be. Oh, see, we're going next oh, to Chris. No. Chris, oh, no. You don't want to do that to me, because then I'm going to start thinking way deeper into this oh, than no. I need to. <laughs> but no, I... And so when I see that, like that's like okay, foot foot fetishes are like one of the, is one of the most renowned and popular fetishes out there. I don't get it, but like it's it's out there. Either feet are gross, and it shows but you up. Do you? <laughs> it shows up in Hollywood so much. If you have you, I'll say so. Like every Quentin Tarantino film ever made, it's very prevalent on feet. There's a scene I can't remember the movie where. It's Quentin. He's in his own scene in his own movie in like this burlesque club. Salma Hayek is dancing on stage. She shoves her foot into Quentin Tarantino's mouth and like has him drink like champagne that's running down her leg off her foot. And he is into it. <laughs> like oh, interesting. And, and all I can imagine is he's sitting there. Is he's probably like, I don't think that take was very good. And the rest of the crew is like, no, I think it was good. Quentin is like, no, no, let's just let's just do one more for posterity. <laughs> no no <laughs> you know i just i don't think it looked like i was enjoying it enough let's 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 get another five scenes let's get another like to talk like quentin tarantino let's get another five no no you're wrong no 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 let's get another scene another cut salma come back out here get your foot in my mouth <laughs> that's that's kind of like a thing though especially in disney don't they have like several things where there's just like provocative things hidden within the pictures or That's, is that maybe just people are looking for it? Well, that could be. Um, but I think it's kind of a proven point at this point that like a lot of kids shows uh, have adult themes sprinkled in. Because what they want is to make a show that is not just appealing for the kids, but their parents that are watching with them. Because a lot of times the parents are forced to sit there with their kids and watch this shit. Yes. <clears throat> um, so SpongeBob, for instance... Oh, that was the first one that came to my mind. Exactly. Um, there was this episode. It was meant to be an adult show to begin with, like Ren and Stimpy, which later became adult. Um, there's this one episode that's uh, like Kill Bill related. Um, basically, Sandy has to like fight her way through this tower of like ninjas and shit like that in the Kill Bill outfit. 
with like the yellow with the black and all that excuse me and um i think it was the first boss she faces he is french and his name is the tickler the french tickler. yes 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 so there are stuff like that sprinkled throughout all kinds of kids shows and i think that is purposely done to keep parents engaged because you know that's just another audience that they can appeal to and also like they don't want the parents to be bored out of their minds watching their children's crap right uh but you know obviously that's for children like the 8 to 12 range or whatever you know most before that are watching lazy town with robbie rotten or like well he's passed now i guess unfortunately so i guess that's not a thing (laughs) are the teletubbies still a thing oh no uh, I don't know. Did you watch this? What were your kids shows when you were growing up? What What did you, what were your little, little kids okay, shows? Okay, so my parents were really, really strict when I was growing up. I couldn't even watch things like Dragon Tales. Yeah. Really? Really. So, like, I watched, like, In Between the Lions and, okay, yeah, uh, Veggie Tales. Oh, very Christian. <laughs> yep, very nice. Yes. Yeah, so, like... It was very, uh, we got to watch Dexter's Laboratory sometimes. Really? Sometimes. That's surprising because there's a little bit of vulgarity in that show from time to time. But the amazing thing is that we watched Spongebob all the time. And there is quite a bit of weird and... Right. And so (laughs) sometimes I wonder, like, were we not allowed to watch some of these shows just because my parents hated them? It's probably what it is. But... That's probably what it was, or like they had a like a misconception about them. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. The Simpsons is not vulgar in the slightest. I mean, it can give you some bad ideals of like family life, but really, it's just it's the modern day family with the idiot husband that's also lovable, the brat son, the very smart daughter, all that jazz. So like, I didn't, I never understood what was wrong with it. And the thing is, and what I feel like is something parents never learn, is if you tell a kid not to do something, they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, 100%. I, I watch The Simpsons all the time, and I love The Simpsons still. And you know what's also weird? They let me watch Jaws when I was 10. Interesting. It horrified me. And oh, Okay, so here's another funny thing for you, too. My dad introduced me to The Blob at age 8. You know The Blob? I know of the blob, but I've never seen it. So the blob is at, is exactly like the title says. It's a blob. It's an extraterrestrial being. Uh, it can get into anywhere because it can morph into anything. It can get under door cracks, go through vents, the slightest crack in a wall. It can get you no matter what. My dad rolls up with me at eight years old and says, Oh, I used to be terrified of this film called The Blob because he could get you anywhere. It didn't matter what you did, where you were, if you were in like what you thought was a sealed room, it could probably get in there. So what I used to do as a kid was I would wrap myself up like a mummy in my blanket to protect myself. And that's how I sleep till this fucking day. Because he told me that, it scared the shit out of me. Oh no. Seriously, it scared me so bad. So are you one of those people that uh, nothing like you don't hang like your legs or your hands over the side of the bed. I think that's most people to be fair. Okay, so I have to have my legs hanging off the side of the bed when I sleep. Well, your bed seems big though. How do you do that? Do you scooch down? <laughs> I literally only use like 
a fourth of the bed. It does not matter what Patrick says. Uh-huh. I literally only use a fourth of the bed. He uses three fourths of the bed. Is he a sprawler? Um, no, but he doesn't like to be near the edge at all. And if he's anywhere uh... close to it, I'm hogging. But I ha I, I like both of my feet to be out of the blankets hanging off the bed. You're braver than I. <laughs> well, and the thing is, I'm kind of forced to do that. I'm tall. So what I have to do is I lay in my bed and I diagonal. Because if I lay straight, either my head's bumping the wall or my feet are hanging off. So I kind of lay at like a cross position. Although, what was it? I think like three, four years ago, I started doing the fetal position sleeping method. So I, I finally got rid of my mummy method, which was laying on my stomach, making sure head's covered blankets wrapped tight around underneath me i got over that so now and they say it's supposed to be better for you like your back and shit like that um so now i sleep like pillow between my legs legs tucked up and a pillow beneath my head so i don't have to worry about room so much anymore now do you think uh does patrick have a fear of having his legs and stuff hanging off or do you think it's just that he likes his space i think i think that he just likes his space i mean he has to constantly be touching me when he's asleep and um, well that that goes against space though (laughs) (laughs) but but like what i mean is that like he doesn't he doesn't have to like wrap his arms around me the whole time what he wants to do is he wants to lay on his side uh facing away from me and then his head and his feet are in like a V position and he's touching me with his butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so like and if I scoot away from him, his butt goes out even further. And so like that's why he takes up so much space. So he likes the acknowledgement that he's getting more room. He keeps the pressure on you to keep pretty much. You. Yeah, okay, I see. Yep. What a greedy boy. Yeah. And it's the best when he's when he actually like turns over to his back sometimes. He always has to like have both of his hands behind his head while he's asleep. And so he like whips him too. And so he'll like whip his shoulder and like get me in the face with his elbow. And it, it is not a soft little love tap. It's just like straight up in the face oh with his elbow. God. And it wakes me up and I am not a morning person i hate being woken up like alarm clocks can go to hell and so i i have quite often just like smacked him and be like fuck you get out i don't understand like this fixation with it's like why that it's a, i don't know because it if i'm laying on my so back i just want my arms to be like this like crossed around my chest or just yes. relax do the whole like one hand down the pants yeah. thing well, not okay. That's okay. not all guys. Not all guys. <laughs> Hashtag not all guys. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag most guys. Okay, most, but not all. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't need to be comforting my junk while I sleep or at any point in time. <laughs> You're one of the few. One of the few. The few, the proud, the non the non-grabbers. <laughs> I, was going the for non-grabbers. Like a, I was going for a Marines joke, and that just totally flopped on me. <laughs> but now like see my thing with Insert that is like flop noise here i don't know if it's just because my shoulders are fucked up and my circulation gets fucked up but like if i have my arms up like that when i'm sleeping like say if i'm sleeping on my stomach and i have an arm like this 
like kind of raised above my head. I guess people can't see this. But, you know, raised up, like I'm laying flat, my arms raised up under the pillow. It goes numb after a while. And so I feel like if I was laying on my back with both arms up behind my head, I would find that a nuisance because the blood flow starts diminishing from my shoulders. Yeah, I've weight. noticed that there are more sleeping positions that put your arms asleep than there are that don't. Because I sleep on my stomach. And I'm one of those women that sleep on their stomach with like their their leg up in the air. Like up like I don't know how to explain it. I'm yeah, on my stomach, I, I'm but I like like you've got like a ballet stance. <laughs> Yeah, so like one leg straight and the other one's bent. Oh, so you're bent knee with the foot down. Yes. And so, and that's how I sleep, but I also sleep with both of my arms tucked underneath me. What is wrong with you people? So like, (laughs) why do you have them under? It's great in the morning because uh, my arms are almost 100% of the time asleep. And so like, you're just doing like the floppy arm thing because you don't have motion in them. And I'm just like swinging them around like helicopters to get flow of blood just back into my limbs it's disgusting so okay uh, uh, if this is too intimate don't answer where are your hands tucked beneath you we talk butt region back uh one goes uh like right underneath like my chest and then the other underneath so you're like mid no like i'm on my stomach oh yeah you're on on your stomach stomach. okay so yeah you go like that it's like right underneath my chest and then the other one is across my stomach and you sleep on I them sleep like that? sleep like that. Okay, see, for some reason, because I slept on my stomach for years, for some reason I only felt comfortable if I had, like, say my head is facing to the left. I have to have my right arm up. Is facing to A lot of the, the times right it starts with left. one arm underneath my pillow and the other one's just, like, across my chest. Okay. But then, for some reason, I always wake up and they're both, like, right on my like chest and stomach okay now are either of you so do the both of you kind of toss and turn a lot in your sleep uh patrick doesn't toss and turn near as much as i do you do oh my god it's ridiculous how how extreme are we talking with it probably about every 25 minutes i'm changing positions so has he has he been able to describe the different positions that you flop to like let's say you're a flounder here and you're just flopping on dry land like what, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> i mean i i sleep i sleep on both of my sides until like my shoulders start to hurt uh-huh. and then i'll sleep on my stomach and then i'll turn over to my back and a lot of the times if i turn over onto my stomach when i'm in the middle of sleeping and i don't wake up uh i also have slept where i'm like on my stomach and my feet are like my knees are bent my feet are in the air <laughs> And so, like, I just cross my ankles, and they're just hanging out in the air. And so, I don't know. I have a lot of weird sleep sleeping positions. I'm, I should get Patrick to you mimic should, uh, some of these sometimes. You should. And also, you should write a book called The Karma Sleep Trip. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best joke I'll have all podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. The Karma Sleep Trip. What is that? What does this sleep position say about you as a person? You can have your own astrological uh, or zodiological <laughs> sleeping positions for zodiac signs. And what do they mean for you? If you sleep on your ass with your hand under it and one foot in the air, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never amount to anything. <laughs> what if like 
What if you made one of those that's just completely <laughs> pessimistic? <laughs> just to bring people down. But like one or two of them are completely optimistic and you just convert everybody to sleeping styles that are completely like pretzel-like and uncomfortable. But they do it because they buy into that shit and they're just like, I have to do this otherwise I'm an asshole. <laughs> How did you sleep last night? Your daily horoscope. Your daily horoscope, you slut. <laughs> <laughs> You did the fetal position. You're a big pussy. You're a big baby. <laughs> You'll never amount to anything, and your father will never respect you. You so. sleep on your back. You need to get some. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was cool. <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. Actually, feel that way. Actually, calm down a little, Chris. Um, this is a PG podcast, so and I don't think you should be saying such a you know. Oh fuck. Non-affirmative. I mean, things. shit. Uh, what? Shit. Fuck. Christ. Shit. Uh, cunt. Oh god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you use that c word. Careful. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Uh, I guess fine. Fine. I'll watch the cunt. I will watch the cunt. Take that as you will. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking the glasses off. I am. I probably should anyway. I don't need them on right now, and they're hurting my ears terribly because of these headphones. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm surprised you're still wearing yours. By the way, loving the glasses you have today. Oh, thank you. I don't know if I've seen those ones yet. Uh, I don't know. These are the ones that have the fancy blue blocker, blue light blocker or whatever. Oh, so and they're... So. Uh, they, oh, for they like help with at the screens yes, and stuff. Yeah. Yes. I just have a program for that. <laughs> buy classes for it. Uh, I actually was told about these uh, glasses for gaming, and they are, they've got like a yellow tint to them. They're supposed to help with like motion sickness and stuff like that while you're gaming. Oh, uh, you're MLG then. You're I, all about that MLG shit. You I don't got the know. Pro glasses and I the haven't razor, ever. I have never tried them. Phones and mouse. <laughs> but hey, now, hey, they're, they're good products. I'm sorry, but they're just associated. I'll let you uh, anyway. Continue while you're eating your Doritos, and please explain. Is <laughs> <laughs> that blasphemy? <laughs> uh. But I don't know. I haven't ever tried them. But when I switch between different games, so for instance, if I play Call of Duty and that's a first person shooter and then I go to Outriders, which is a like over the shoulder third person type of game. It's played a lot like Gears of War or Division 2. Yeah. And or uh, Uncharted. Yeah. And so like when I switch between those games... I will get so motion sickness because it's a different perspective. Mm. And I don't know if I'm the only one who gets like that. Um, I play Call of Duty most of the time. So if I'm switching to Call of Duty, it's not so bad. But if I'm switching away from it, that's when it gets really bad. And so I have to like ease my way in. It's like 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. It almost makes right. it less enjoyable to play the game because I have to like condition my body into being okay but i've been told that these glasses should be able to help with that and i just don't know i'm like how in the world does glasses help well i mean like so this... i need to look at the science behind it but yeah. 
I don't know. I'm kind of interested. Well, I mean, it's all like motion sickness that you're feeling obviously all comes from your visual. Like, you know, you're seeing things and they move too fast. Like, that's the thing I get from a lot of modern games. Everything's so vibrant and realistic that it's a lot for the mind to process and your eyes to process. And if you're playing games like Call of Duty, I mean, everything's moving so fast all the time. I can't even play those games because it's so stressful just to look at all the explosions and mayhem going on now. They're all so <laughs> too realistic that I can't. I don't feel nauseated, but I'm just overwhelmed mentally. So I, I would think that that would probably help because it's a visual symptom. So like, it's not like seasickness where you're getting sick because the boat is rocking. You're getting sick because the screen is rocking and you're looking at it and you're like, oh, God. Right. Oh, my God. But I don't get sick with seeing? Call of Duty anymore. <clears throat> I used to, but I don't anymore. But you've adapted. And I remember we talked about that before. I forget what game. I think it was a Switch game or something we were trying to play. Uh, Far Cry 5. Yeah, that, which was on the Xbox. Yes. Um, we had downloaded that well, probably like two months ago now. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, you couldn't like play for more than... You, I don't think you hardly played at all. You played like two minutes and then passed it off. Yeah, and, uh, I had to like lay down. <laughs> yeah, and that's not even like as far as like graphics and stuff go. Like that's not even that intensive or whatever. But like, um, yeah, it yeah. gets worse. So I tried to play. Uh, I've never played any of the Kingdom Hearts games, so I tried to play one because it's on Game Pass. Which and, one? Uh, the first one. Good. Yeah. And so I was gonna just start at the beginning and go, and I didn't think that I would have that issue because. It's like, an old game. Yeah, it's an old game, and like it's third person, and it's it's more cartoony, and I don't think I've ever felt more motion sickness in a game, which was amazing to me. <clears throat> I think it's because that game's... There's two things about that game. Well, a few things. One, story makes no sense. Lots of process there in the story. I couldn't get off the island. I, yeah, I just couldn't you. figure it out. Um, two, the color spectrum, the color palette, very bright and kind of in your face and all over the place. Three, the movement is very wacky and cartoony. And when you're in battle, especially, I mean, everything's all over the place. Like if you tried to play the Final Fantasy VII remake, you'd probably vomit immediately. I mean, it's... Okay, so stay away from this game. I like it. It's not perfect. It's a good game. Um, but it is so overstimulating and like the original Final Fantasy 7 is just like that basic turn-based RPG. You do a move, your teammates do a move, your enemy does a move. In this version, with the remake, you're moving around while you're fighting, but you also have your points of when you can make a move. Usually it's initiated by, you have to like grow a bar by make like doing attacks on the enemy and stuff like that if you don't that bar really doesn't rise and then once that bar is full then you can do like a magic spell or like a special strike or something but there is so much going on you have to pay attention to your teammates you have to swap between them you have to know their spells and like the enemy's moves are just so in your face and destructive and there's so much going on at once on the screen you would puke your dogs are throwing an absolute oh fit my out there god right now, by the way. i know <laughs> i almost feel like i need to bring them in <laughs> probably um but anyway i guess i actually i should go back to that point i was going to say earlier about uh one of your dogs so when i was over here 
and uh, they were fixing their flat tire. I was, I'm always unsure of what to do with their dogs because they have a bit of a protocol with things. So I decided at first when I got here to start setting stuff up for the podcast to not do anything. They have a lovely beagle who's very compassionate and loving, yet rebellious, named Renoa. Um, another beagle named Patch, who Renoa will rip the throat out of if she has the chance. <laughs> for some reason she hates patch (laughs) she really does and patch is the most beta gay dog i've ever seen in my life oh yeah and i love him to death but he is so submissive and he has such a loud bark but no bite no bite at all not at all not at all he will bark in your face like he is the alpha but he is beta as fuck yes his job is literally referee basically yes (laughs) And he's bad at that too. So. Have you seen that video of like, like the gay referee where he's just like he throws the card in the air, he's like oh, yellow yes, card. Yeah, that would be Patch. It's Patch, <laughs> yeah, the gay soccer referee. I love that video where he's prancing across the field <laughs> or yeah. the pitch rather. Um, so anyway, I I didn't want to fuck with it at first, and then they're like, hey, we got a flat tire. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, I need to let them out of their kennels then. Because Renoa, like, once somebody's home, she doesn't shut up. She does not. And, like, I felt bad that she's, you know, obviously in her kennel. She knows someone around. She's probably getting anxiety and worked up. So I let Patch out first. So basically the setup is they have two kennels in their kitchen. Um, Patch is in one. Renoa's in the other. They've been trying to get them to get along. So that's sort of that part of that process. So I let Patch out. I let him out of the gate from the kitchen. I close that gate. I let Renault out. She's immediately all over the place. I'm like, okay. So I let her outside because I figured she needs to go outside. That turned out uh, to be a (laughs) massive fucking mistake. So I let her outside and I shut the door and I think she'll be fine. This is how they do this. Like, I'll just let her roam around. Within like two minutes, I hear her barking and barking and barking. And I'm like, the way my anxious mind works goes is is a fence open is someone nearby like what's going on (laughs) like did i just fuck up and it's pissing rain at this point too and i'm like she probably should have been done going to the restroom right now so i run out there she probably forgot to i run out there and i'm yelling renoa renoa no response (laughs) no response and i look and she's barking up a tree and then she gets off the tree, her nose to the ground, starts speed walking like I've never seen a dog do in my life, along like a trail. And at certain spots in the ground, she'd bark, go, rawr, rawr, and then move on, quick walking, find another spot, rawr, rawr, and then speed walk. I'm like, what the hell is happening? I'm like, <laughs> Renoa, come here. Come inside. You're filthy. It's wet out. Did you go potty? Like, I didn't even know. <laughs> And I'm like, did I just screw up? Like, I, she's not listening to me <laughs> at all. And so I went inside. I was like, okay, I'm going to need a towel because she's going to be filthy. I'm like, okay. So I go in. I get the towel. I get my shoes on. And I'm in the yard. I'm like, all right, Renoa, come here. And figuring she'll come to me. No. She, as Chris described it, has this insane tunnel vision where anything outside of her beagle objective mission does not exist. <laughs> And I don't even, I, I don't believe she even recognized I was there. No. I don't. I was saying Renoa over and over, nothing. She is not, 
She doesn't yeah. move. She doesn't look at me at all. She is entirely food driven and you can go out there with a bag of food and she would ignore you. When she gets on to her beagle instincts, like extreme tunnel vision. It's like nothing I've ever seen, Chris. Nothing I've ever... This is like, if you want a definition of what a beagle is, Renoa, like pure and simple, that is a beagle. She is on a mission. She has a trail. She has a scent and she is following that. Fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> like it gets it's it's entirely worse when it is raining because there's more smells going on. Right, and the squirrels, which is what she's hunting in the backyard, are moving around a little bit more to scurry into like their nests or whatever. And so she's she's <clears throat> like smelling all of this, and she just she shakes and shivers and her little teeth will chatter until she's able to get outside because she just gets so damn excited (laughs) (laughs) no she is on the prowl on the hunt but i didn't know this at the time see like i'm looking at her from up at the deck right and she's barking at the ground my assumption is maybe there's a gopher or like a groundhog or something that keeps like popping up or a chipmunk and like she's spotting it, barking at it, it goes back down and she's following it. And then I realize she's just barking at fucking dirt. <laughs> well, at this point it's mud. And like <laughs> and so anyway, I, after I'd witnessed that, I went and got a towel and I was like, Renoa, come inside. Renoa, come inside. She was not listening to me. So I had to go off into the mud in my shoes thinking shit i should not have let her out i'm in big trouble when they get home because she's not going to come in and she's going to be a mess they're going to be mad about that and i know you guys probably wouldn't have been and you you, obviously um but in my mind i'm like god i got i have to take care of this i'm the one that initiated this so i'm out there with a towel and like a fucking uh matador (laughs) i am (laughs) chasing pictured I am chasing this dog with a towel, like, ole! <laughs> Trying to get her in a corner around the yard over and over. We did like five laps because she goes to a corner. She runs up uh, parallel with the fence and then runs another way. And I'm just like, every time I think I got her corner, she just jolts and she's way too fast. I, there's no hope. And I'm getting this towel, like, trying to get it in front of her, going, ole! Like, stop! Ole! <laughs> And she's like the bull, and I'm just getting so angry. I'm like, Renoa! 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 <laughs> and she's not paying me any mind. And eventually, finally, she takes the route up the deck stairs, and that's where I finally catch her. And I was like, and even then, like, once I crept up behind her, she was already ready to bolt again. I was like, no. <laughs> she's like grabbed her yeah. by her collar. I was like, get inside. <laughs> God. Get inside. You stupid bitch. And the pain didn't even in there because once I got her inside, of course, she was already like wound up on her mission. So she oh, was yeah. just barking and whining. And I was like, I don't. Uh... Yeah, we are chill, still trying to figure out like how to handle like her impulse control. So like we've been able to teach her how to like wait when it comes to like eating and like going outside. But Getting her to repay attention to you when she's already distracted is like a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. And she's super food motivated, which is the reason why we have to feed her in like puzzle bowls and stuff like that. 
But when she's on a mission, like, she no longer is food motivated. And so it's like, what do I got to do? Just, like, swing a squirrel around just to get her inside? Well, no, that's like a, that's a Z thing. (laughs) But that's what she's hunting outside. That's what she's barking at. I mean, Z was the one that was always good at, like, I guess we, I probably shouldn't bring this up for people that don't like animal cruelty, but yeah, Z was the one that could always get the squirrels. Oh, he, he gets them all the time. They run through our yard. He's gonna get it. I can't stop it. I don't know how it's he the has hound a dog for it, but and he's so calm too. Like, he's the last of all of our dogs that you would think would be so cruel to. Yeah, now he's the squirrels. Uh, and like I said, I really don't want to make this too graphic for other people, but like, yeah, he is a. Uh, Oh boy! (laughs) Like once he has it, it's it's done. It's done. Um, You know, a lot of times, like cats are really good about catching things, but a lot of times they'll bring them to you and they're still alive. Yeah, because they want to present you with something. Z, no, nope. Uh, He's got it. It's done, (laughs) and uh, that's basically all there is to it. Oh yeah. Well, and like we've talked to the vet and stuff like that about. Is this okay? Um, Like, should we be worried? We just have to take him, like, a little bit more to the vet to make sure that he's just dewormed. But they're like, he's a hound dog. This is what he does. And foxhounds, I believe, are, like, bird dogs or something along that. I don't know. Maybe he's a foxhound because they hunt foxes. I don't know. But, I mean, hound dogs are made for hunting. He seems big for that, though. He's a mix. Yeah. And so he's not completely foxhound, but that's like the prominent feature right. when you look at his. If you Google American foxhound, you're going to see a picture of Z. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we've inbred dogs so much. We've gotten dogs like Milton that when they breathe, it sounds like they're suffocating on their own snot. And that's that, uh, listeners, that is somebody, that is a dog we will absolutely introduce you to someday. I think we're going to record audio clips of his noises because it's awful. Yeah, we'll just have to use them as our little sound bits. We should, because his (laughs) noises are the most disgusting things I have ever, and he won't even be doing anything. Like, he'll just, he might be slobbering on a toy, he might just be just like, (laughs) 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 it's like the worst yeah. It's the worst thing. We'll I've definitely ever heard. have to record. So, um, all of our dogs are kennel trained. So, when we are not home, the dogs are in their kennels. It's the safest place for them to be, especially since they don't all get along. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, um, I'm hearing a little bit of a tiff. So, I think we're going to go ahead and call the podcast here. We'll continue these stories next time, folks. Thank you so much for listening. This has been My Best Friend's Wives Podcast, and we will see y'all later.